The views and opinions expressed on this program do not necessarily reflect that of the staff and management of Good Karma Brands, but are the sole responsibility of the hosts and guests of this particular show. America may have many, many days, but they will be full of trouble. There will be no rest. There will be no tranquility in this country until a nation comes to terms with our problems. Bringing you social and political commentary from his mouth to your ears. Breaking down the issues which matter to you. You are not put here to be a white man's footstool. You are put here to represent the very best in God's world. Legendary civil rights icon, the Reverend Jesse Jackson in the studio. Reverend Jackson, how are you? Mr. Reverend, good morning on this chilly Milwaukee morning. And I am pleased to have one of the founding members of the Black Panther Party, Chairman Bobby Seale. Mr. Chairman, how are you this morning? Good morning. I'm doing just fine. Thank you. From Mr. Eric Holder. Mr. Holder, so good to see you. How are you? Well, I'm fine, man. How you been? It's been a long time. Haven't seen you for a while. The Dr. Cornell West. Dr. West, how are you, sir? My dear brother, you're so kind, you're so generous, so man, but I salute you and the work that you were doing there. Doing a magnificent job there, Wisconsin. Stream live on 1017thetruth.com. Call in with your questions or comments. 833-212-1017. Join us on social media at 1017thetruth. It may not be what you expect to hear, but I will definitely give you what you need to know. Are you ready for the truth? I want the truth you can't handle the truth now live from the american family insurance studio at the avenue in the heart of downtown milwaukee here is sherwin hughes program today is monday march 13th 2023 so it appears that the city attorney is ready to sue kia and hyundai over car thefts i got some opinions about that do we sue the car makers or do we have a different approach to how we enforce the law when it comes to stolen vehicles and stolen property if you can't enforce the law let me be clear when i say this it's got to be really, really hard to police the theft of vehicles in this city. It just has to be. What about the old-fashioned method of you find a kid who, wrong place, wrong time, he gets caught stealing a car, maybe he's the passenger, or maybe he's the fat kid because like they'll steal a car and then they'll ditch the car. And then three kids will run and one kid is fat and he falls down and he gets up and he falls down and the cops catch him. Okay. They catch the fat kid. Cause fat kid, let's be honest, they're easier to catch. I used to be a fat kid. Still am kind of fat. Now I'm fat and old with a bum knee. I'm easy to catch. And when you catch the fat kid, they couldn't run away from the police that are pursuing the stolen vehicle. You say, look fatty, we're going to give you 47 life sentences unless you tell us everyone and everything who's stealing cars. 
Where y'all going to steal them next? How do you communicate? How do you figure out where you're going to go, what neighborhoods you're going to go? How do you select the cars you're going to select? Give us all these things, Fatty McFatty. You're going to jail for 78 years. However, if you tell us what we need to know, Fatty McFatterson, we'll let you go. Why not do that? Don't those tactics work? About intimidating somebody. And even though we don't want law enforcement to do that, and you know they're not supposed to question children without their presence, their parents being present. Some of these kids ain't got no parents. And I hate to say that. I mean, like they have a mother and a father biologically, but the parents are so disengaged and so detached from the kids that if you want answers out of these kids, you just you ask them. You present them with an offer. Can we do something like that? And instead, we're suing the automakers. Not sure how I feel about that. We're not the only city that's doing it, by the way. Milwaukee City Attorney Terman Spencer said his office is, quote, poised and ready to file a lawsuit against automakers Kia and Hyundai amid ongoing rash of car thefts. If we get the word that the city wants to do this, we will have it filed immediately within minutes, said the city attorney. Two manufacturers are the two most commonly stolen car brands in the city. In my estimation, Milwaukee's ground zero for this Kia matter and where things have started. There's a lot of damage that has occurred in our backyard, the city attorney said. According to Milwaukee police, 8,096 vehicles were stolen in 2022 and 58% were made by Kia or Hyundai. So far this year, So March 13th, so not even three full months into the new year, 1,194 cars have been stolen and 52% of those were manufactured by those two automakers. Is that enough of a percentage to sue the automakers? So 58% in 2022, but still 42% of the vehicles that were stolen were from all other makes and models. Why not sue every manufacturer? For having their vehicles be too easy to steal. First of all, I don't like this approach because we are putting onus on car companies. No, no matter what kind of car you have and people that steal cars will say this. Any car can be stolen. Any single car can be stolen. And if one vehicle is easier to steal than the other, which clearly the Hyundai's and the Kia's are, do you really sue the automaker? What about having a little bit more control over the population that's doing the stealing? Am I off base with this? So if you can't defeat a problem, sue the person that created the car. Sue the company. Okay, how about this then? Since we're suing the auto manufacturers for their vehicles being easy to steal, can we just sue some of the parents of the kids that are stealing the cars? Because if we're going to go upstream with our penalty— if we can't enforce the law and let me not come down on law enforcement because I don't if you ask me to solve the car theft problem I could potentially do so but I would have a multiple federal investigations opened up against me because my tactics would be underhanded don't you to some extent have to be as criminal as the criminals you're trying to catch don't you a little bit and I'm not trying to defend some of the worst practices by law enforcement but can we be honest for a second then I won't be honest First, I'm going to be honest and I'm going to be less honest. You know, some of these. Oh, I hate to use this example. Let me not be specific. So there are rogue 
police officers in every district in the country. Special units, special squads, and there'll be a hybrid of cops and detectives and other people, maybe internal investigations people, and they're, they're a squad. They're like a gang, and they have a name. And all of the police on the force, the chief on down, they know of these little squads, these little police gangs. So if you've got a particularly difficult suspect or someone, a known criminal, where you can't use all of the above board and legal means to apprehend this suspect or to get information on this suspect, sometimes you got to do a little arm twisting. Sometimes you got to get a little bit dirty. You got to get in bed with the criminals. That's what you have to do to catch some of these cockroaches. You got to do it sometimes. You got to get down and dirty. You got to go to places where other police officers can't go. Sometimes you got to bend the ethics. And usually I'm not for that. Okay. But if by apprehending this particular person, this suspect, you're going to save a bunch of lives, you're going to save a lot of properties from being damaged. There's always that one person who's the ringleader of some of these criminal cults, you see. And if the cops have to have a special unit or special squad to do things a little bit below board to get that person off the street, then I say do it. Problem is they can't get caught and the media can't find out. But ultimately, I think the public is willing to maybe go a little bit below board to get some of the worst offenders off of the street. Sometimes you got to do it. Because whatever tactics and strategies we're doing right now, I don't think it's working to where we are now suing or posturing to sue the manufacturers of the vehicles that are getting stolen. If anything, shouldn't the owners of those vehicles be named as plaintiffs in that lawsuit? But if we're going to go after the manufacturer of the cars, call your cars are too easy to steal, so we're going to sue you to either get money, to get some recovery, or for you to change how you manufacture your vehicles, then why not sue the manufacturer of these kids? What if we sue the mamas and the daddies of the Kia boys? We put them all in court. Because I don't really see a whole difference, a big difference between suing the manufacturer of the vehicle, because we're going upstream, because we can't handle the problem. We can't confiscate, I shouldn't say confiscate the criminals. We can't arrest the criminals. So let's... Let's sue the company that made the car, okay? So then, okay, well, then let's go upstream when it comes to the kids that are stealing the car. Let's sue their parents. I mean, we're not going to get anything. But I think that we have become, we become so soft and so complacent across the board. Parenting, the community's response. You would think that with the crime, people suffer through crime. If you purchase a home, because you want some stability, you want some equity, you want an asset, you plan on being in a community for a while, you want to raise your kids there, and crime is happening all around you, you suffer. Because you can't just up and move. You can't just sell your house. The value of your property is going down. We already, as black people, our property is valued at 34 on average, 34% less simply because we're black now add in additional elements of crime to where we have to sue the car makers. What if Kia and Hyundai said, we're just not going to sell any cars in Wisconsin anymore? I don't know what the hell some of y'all would be driving. If they just say, you know what, we're not going to, oh, you want to sue us? Because you can't stop your kids 
from stealing our cars that we manufacture, we're not going to sell Kias and Hyundais anymore. You're going to have to buy a Kia on a Hyundai on a black market. They stopped selling them here in Milwaukee. Y'all go buy some dope and then go buy a Kia. You got to get it from the underground economy. They should just stop selling the vehicles here altogether. Take a break. Come back. Oh, look, it's Miss Rose on line one. Well, this will be fun. Hope you guys had a good weekend. I know I certainly did. Watched a little piece of the Oscars. A little piece of it. Care you watch a little piece of the Oscars? Yeah, just a little smidgen of a piece. Okay. What'd you think about it? Um, I turned it off after Angela didn't win, so that was fairly in the beginning. Yep, so you didn't see much of it. Everything, no. Everything all the time, everywhere, all at once, everywhere, all the things, won 75,000 Oscars. Saw the movie. <sighs> didn't didn't understand why it won all the things. If you, have you seen everything, everywhere, all the time, at one time, everywhere? Nope. Are you going to see it? Nope. Zach, you in now? You see it, everything, everywhere, all the time. And he said he never heard of it, and he more than likely plans to never watch it. I swear, Zach lives on a different planet. Dude had never heard of the thong song. All right, I'm going to take a break, come back, and have a very cordial and delightful conversation with Miss Rose. She's not going to like what I what I said. The truth with Sherwin Hughes. I'll be right back. It's The Truth with Sherwin-Hughes on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. Reggie says, good morning, Truth family. Good morning, Reggie. Our top contender for the championship title, Miss Rose, is about to step into the ring. And I'm probably going to get knocked out. Two suspects boxed in a Milwaukee police squad on Monday with officers inside and restole a vehicle that police were trying to recover. MTD spokesperson has confirmed. That's how brazen and fearless of consequences Milwaukee thieves have car thieves have become. A source at District 5 said, quote, behind the stolen car they recovered while they were waiting either for the tow or for the owner. Two cars came driving up next to a police squad, one on each side. They drove directly next to the squad to pin the officers in from being able to open their doors. Someone then got out and ran to the stolen car and restole it. Then all three cars drove off. Did you hear? Did you hear that? They're pinning cops in the vehicle trying to recover a stolen car. And we're going to sue Hyundai and Kia. Just so we're clear. I'm just being objective here about the facts. You know that those cops could have shot all of those people that had them pinned. Those officers would have been legitimate in fearing for their lives. I just want you all to know some of the things that are happening. Just want you to be aware of that. Two suspect vehicles boxed in a Milwaukee police squad on Monday with officers still inside and restole a vehicle that police were trying to recover. Okay, we got to do something about that. And I don't know if maybe there's other unintended consequences, positive consequences for Kia and Hyundai owners in Milwaukee if we sue the manufacturers. Maybe they do make their vehicles a little bit tougher to steal. Maybe. 
But how much of this is owners not being vigilant? Because if you drive a Hyundai or a Kia in this city, and I really hate to tell you, expect for it to get jacked. Just expect it. Just expect it to happen. Let's talk to Miss Rose. You're on the new 1017 The Truth. How are you, dear? Oh, I'm fine, fine, fine. Always fine, fine, fine. Love it when I can say hi to you. Oh, by the way, uh, happy belated 48th birthday. Thank you very much. I, I had a card it. I had a card all set out, but I never got a chance to get down there because of the cold weather kept me in a little bit. It's some money in the card, Miss Rose. How much money is in it? Uh, it would have been four single dollars and eight pennies. All right, you go ahead and keep that. That ain't going to move the needle. I need more than that. Now. <laughs> you know, Sherwin, uh, when people in charge become criminals and they and they are those in charge are no better than the criminal. You see, with regards to how frustrated one might get, we've got to maintain pushing the ethics. Because when you are unethical, you're, that is not the answer. A combination of easy access could be just one of the solutions, not the main one. You know, we always come up with different, but we want to put only one solution. So it's a multiple variations of solutions. Pushing ethical behavior by a education by challenging those in positions who are making laws are part of the problem. But see, nobody's pushing that. There are politicians that are denying quality education, knowledge, and procedures and foundations. These are the ones that are really allowing these things to happen because the intelligence of these, are so, these people who are doing the negative thievery and everything they are intelligent human beings, but they're using their intelligence for negativity instead of positive. And that must need to be redirected. And Sacred, even those guys that they, they that were surrounding these thieves, that's that would be a good opportunity to start with those guys. You see? Even though they don't have to use force to, to deal with it, but you see, you gotta change the mentality in the police force too. Because I remember very in the beginning when the police used to do what you call target practice, it was on white uh, mannequins or white uh, cardboards. But the, the, they had such a low count turnout, but when they started putting black silhouettes out, they had a higher one. Psychologically, that is another one of the problems. But you see, it's, as I said, it's a multitude of problems. I could sit and give you a list of problems that I have sent to the police station. But you see, when people don't want to change because they benefit from it. And once you find out who's really benefiting from all of this and then incorporate all of them and, and stop allowing them to stop you from implementing the minty, multi, a varying ways that you can stop it. There's no one way. Yes, you need problems with the family. Yes, you need to interact with the area, the social. You've got to interact with all sorts of society. Do you think a solution is to sue auto manufacturers because those are the vehicles that are preferred by thieves? Is it the fault of the person that produced and engineered and assembled the vehicle? Or is it a social problem that we are failing to deal with in the city? Well, see, this is where the problem comes in. We don't want to bother the people who make money. We want to, they should be just as held accountable for creating, 
whatever product they create for safety purposes and for other purposes as well. So, Miss Rose, if somebody breaks into my house, should I sue the people that made my door locks on my front door? You see, that's you know that's that's a mentality that is existing in our political arena right now, and it hurts. And I hope those shots are making you turn that mental retardation oh, because you see what Miss Rose, you can't say the R word. You can't say that. I, mean, I can say whatever I want. Oh, because I am a human being who has rights too. And see, I'm not going to release my freedom of speech oh, because boy. others are trying to force me to use their freedom of speech. You're going to offend somebody, Miss Rhodes. You're going to be offensive to someone. Don't be offensive. Don't Let me tell you something. Oh. We're all mentally deranged. If you look at the way you're... The way Some more than others. All these releases of negativity. The negativity mentality. That, and if people are, are really hurt, the people who really affects are worried about it. The ones who are worried about it are those who want to stop people from telling the truth. Well, and that's where we have a problem. We're so worried about those people. And when you, I don't care if it's one or two people. Everybody has their rights, but they have a right to have, a, have other people have their rights. You, you do not have a right to stop another person's right with your rights. Huh? So therefore, yes, I said it. You do not have a right to use your right to stop other people's rights. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for your call, Miss Rose. <laughs> have a birthday. All right. <laughs> John says, Miss Rose sounds like Julia Childs. Julia Childs sounds more like this. Brian said she's right. A lot of folks, I can't say the R word. Brian says she's right. A lot of folks are the R word. Miss Rose learned well from me. Carrie, can you say the R word on the radio? Say it one time. Let me hear you say. What do you mean what R word? There's only one R word. No, not that R word. The other one that applies to someone's mental deficiency the r yeah can you say that on the air say it no you no say it carrie i want to hear what it sounds like coming from you say it wow that person sure is has mm, responsible they have mental mm, you're not gonna say it miss rose just said and she stood on it i want to hear you say it Respect. Okay. Milwaukee police were recovering a stolen vehicle that was found on the 2400 block of North Buffum on Monday, March 6th, on my damn birthday, at approximately 12.49 p.m. On my birthday, during the day, while I was on the air, while on scene, two vehicles intentionally interfered and blocked officers that were in a patrol wagon. And occupants of one of those vehicles entered the stolen auto. All vehicles fled the scene and were not apprehended despite the officer's efforts to locate them. Milwaukee police continue to seek the uh, continue to seek unknown suspects. Anyone with any information is asked to contact the Milwaukee police at 414-935-7252. That's 414-935-7252. Or to remain anonymous, contact Crime Stoppers at 414-224-TIPS. 
414-224-TIPS. If these individuals, and let's just assume that most car thieves in the city are not that brazen, but if these thieves are willing to box in a squad, a police patrol wagon, they described it, what would they do to one of us? A clearly identified and marked police vehicle. They took two stolen vehicles and boxed in a cop to re-steal a vehicle that the police were trying to recover. Now, let me be clear about this for all of you that think we need new laws. Because, see, the liberals are big on the laws. We need another law. We have to have this. It has to be a law. We have to make this illegal because if we make it illegal, people will stop doing it. Let me be clear. Murder has always been illegal. Is our homicide rate zero? Laws are only for people who are law-abiding. Did y'all hear me? Laws are only for people who are law-abiding. They're only for people that follow the law. You could make 3,711 more laws regarding stolen vehicles, stolen property, car thefts, carjackings, all of the things. And if people are hell-bent on breaking the law, it does not matter. All that's going to do is just tell us law-abiding people all the additional things that we can't do. But here's the thing. We weren't doing that stuff anyway. So when you pass new laws, what you can do is I guess you can increase the penalties, I guess. But laws are only for the law-abiding. The speed limit is another example. The speed limit is the law, right? Even though there's no federal mandate when it comes to speed limit, those are all state laws and local laws when it comes to a speed limit. But if the speed limit is 35, that's only for people that are going to follow the speed limit sign. And sometimes, I'll be honest with you, sometimes in a 35, if I need to get somewhere real quick, real quick, real fast, or if I'm late, I'll go 36. I'm not law-abiding, even though you have the speed limit and that is state law and I can be cited for exceeding the posted speed limit, I am not going to abide by the law. We all have a choice whether we want to abide by the law or not. So making more laws has zero impact on those who weren't abiding by the laws that already existed. You know what I mean? So if we think that we're going to stamp out a problem by making more laws, we're not. We can potentially increase the penalties, but here's the thing. Law-abiding citizens who didn't break the law are now financially responsible and completely on the hook with our tax or tax dollars on the increased penalties for the additional law. So either way, the same group of people get screwed. The people whose cars get stolen are going to end up paying more for their cars getting stolen. And so maybe that is the impetus behind the city attorney suing Hyundai and Kia. So those owners of those vehicles can be made whole or the city can be made whole. I don't even know what we're doing anymore. All right, let me take a break. Come back, read some of your text messages at 833-212-1017, What exactly are we supposed to do about the car thefts now with the car thieves becoming more brazen? And I would like to think that this is a very rare occurrence where someone, well, few people, boxed in a police squad car to prevent the officers from getting out because they were trying to recover a stolen vehicle. And then the thieves restole the vehicle that the cops were trying to recover because they were boxed in by two other stolen vehicles. I cannot make this stuff up. Only in Milwaukee, I reckon. Maybe we should blame the guy that made the Kia Boys documentary. Maybe it's his fault. Remember how mad y'all were at him? Y'all was mad at the white fella that made a documentary. Maybe we should sue him as well. The Truth with Sherwin Hughes will be right back. This is The Truth with Sherwin Hughes on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com.
there's this pendulum that swings when it comes to criminal justice. And I can sense when the pendulum is swinging. And in my lifetime, I've seen it make a number of revolutions from one extreme to the other. Sometimes when you have these upticks in crime, which crime waves can be predictable, but not always prevented. So when they come, you have a series of solutions. Sometimes we're much more, we're softer. We see the human side of people like, oh, no, no, it's the poverty. It's the under-resourced neighborhoods. It is the lackluster system of public education. So we need to, we got to make these people whole that are criminals that did really, really bad things. It's not their fault. It's the environment. So you get a whole bunch of social service agencies. You get a whole bunch of resources and a whole bunch of philanthropic dollars and a whole bunch of tax money. And we're going to have a lot of programs and we're going to have programs that are going to help the young people. And we're going to work with them. We're going to teach them how to read and how to be productive citizens. We're going to teach them how to start businesses. And we're just going to, we're going to rehab them and we're going to put them in therapy and we're going to put them in counseling. And it's going to be very, very good for them. And they're going to be wonderful, productive citizens. And we won't have to worry about them ever again. And we have a crime wave, but we want to be very realistic and, and support the humanity of people. Yes, we know that they did really, really bad things and they caused a whole bunch of damage and families are going to be destroyed forever. But no, no, no. The families will be okay. The victims will be okay. They have each other. They can just hug each other and they can meet once a year to have conversations about their grief. But no, no. The people that committed the crime, we really have to take extra care with them. That's a pendulum. And then I talk to people that are trying to convince me, Sherwin, we shouldn't be so very harsh. We shouldn't because of the penalties, they're, they're too harsh and it's not helping people. We have to be more focused on rehabilitation. In fact, no one should go to jail. In fact, we should free all of the people that are in jail because it's not that there is not their fault that they went to jail. They just were products of their environment and the environment got the best of them or their father wasn't there or their mother wasn't there and they committed these terrible crimes. We know the crimes are terrible. But we have to just love them real hard to rehabilitate them. And then the people that we're very soft on because we're going to love them and rehabilitate them, we're going to get them a job, a good job, and, and some good wages and benefits. To, but they got to commit a felony first. And then, we're like, no, 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 we're going to help you become a citizen. We get very soft on these people. And so what happens is the people who are very soft on the individual, we got to help them and we got to see their humanity. We want to give them all of the resources and whatever they need. If they need schooling and they need tuition money, we're going to give it to them because they're suffering in the community. And then what happens is the criminal ends up killing the people that's trying to help him or her. Then the pendulum swings the other way. Lock them up. Throw away the key. Mandatory minimum sentences. Charge 11-year-olds as adults. Hell, charge the parents, too. The pendulum will swing from soft and gentle, respecting the humanity of criminals that have done dastardly things. We want to rehab them. We want to give them all the resources that they didn't get so they become productive citizens. In fact, we may invest more in them after they committed the crime, then the victims who were permanently impacted. You need to think about that. But then after a while, the community gets real fed up because more and more people will get ensnared in all of the escalating criminal activity. And then people say, screw it. 
We tried the pendulum swinging toward the humanitarian side, being very soft and being very gentle. Now, lock them up. Let me be clear. The 1994 crime bill was the black community swinging the pendulum toward more incarceration and longer sentences and three strikes you're out because we didn't want these folks coming back. You commit one felony. You do whatever time you do or you get a suspended sentence. Then you commit another one. You kill four people and then you'd go and commit another felony. We wanted you to be gone from the community, like literally eradicated. Now, we could have gone upstream and said, wow, this is years of institutional racism and keeping all of the necessary things that human beings need, that communities need so that people can be successful. And here uh, is the the output of that. You get a lot of criminal activity. You have unemployable people, et cetera, et cetera. But in the last 30 years, I don't think we've learned much from that. But let's not call the 1994 crime bill because black people, if you talk to a black person, like a black voter that works for a living, that owns a house, that's trying to, they're struggling to get their little piece of the American dream. They don't want to be impacted by the criminal activity of other black people. We oftentimes are harsher on one another than even white folks are. What happens is when we get fed up with crime as black people trying to protect whatever little we have, keeping in mind that the black voter and the black homeowner is even more sensitive to crime because our property is already valued at 35, 34 percent less just because of the color of our skin in the neighborhoods that we live in. So any criminal activity that can make our neighborhoods look even more undesirable hurts our pockets but here's what's crazy so our property values are going down but our taxes are going up because we have to pay for all the rehabilitation and all of the correctional facilities for the people that harmed us in the first place like the innocent people are getting a double whammy and now we're spending 77 78 million dollars on a youth correctional facility which is going to be just like a big rehab place 32 beds just under $80 million to rehabilitate these children. And guess who's paying for that? Not, not the 32 kids. They're not paying. They're going to get everything for free. At what point do we just throw up our hands and say, you know what? Certain people are irredeemable. No matter what we pour into them, we can love them and hold them and coddle them and get them everything they need and give them money and give them jobs and just give them everything. And they still continue to harm us. At what point? Like, do we invest in these people forever? And this is more of a rhetorical question because I know what some of you guys will say on one extreme versus the other. And that will be very illegal and quite unethical. But at what point, like the habitual criminal, like what do you do if everything we are trying is failing? Do we just start suing the car companies? If somebody breaks into your house and let's say they break your window to get into your house to steal your flat screen TV. Do people even steal fat, flat screen TVs anymore? Because even poor people have flat screen TVs and iPhone 13s. So do I sue the glass window manufacturer because somebody broke my glass window and broke into my house and stole all my TVs? Do I sue the people that made the lock on my door because somebody broke the lock on my door and they stole all of my my candy in my house? 833-212-1017. Gene says, Good morning, Sherwin and Carrie. Those people are very lucky they're still alive. All that for a damn Kia. You're so right, Gene. Because 
imagine this scenario, because let me just be clear. Let's take the police thing out of it. If you are driving your family in your minivan, because for some reason y'all love minivans, don't know why people see a minivan on a lot or see a minivan on cars.com and say, ooh, I want that one. But imagine you're in a minivan with your family. Coming back from, where are you coming back from? Chicago. Coming back from the Dells. Or I don't know where you're coming from. And to, and you and you have a gun. You're a concealed carry person. Got your firearm in your minivan with your children. Because, I mean, you live in Milwaukee. You got a firearm. You need a firearm to protect yourself. That's legal. And somebody, two vehicles, box you in. Two criminals in stolen vehicles box in your minivan so you can't get out. Now, I'm not telling you to do this, but you would be within your rights. A competent defense attorney could argue that you feared for your life and the life of your children in your minivan and you could just start capping. But if the police did that, because I legitimately those police officers who were boxed in by two stolen vehicles, like the brazenness of this is actually it's shocking to me. I'm astounded by this. Like they just, they don't fear anything. And if we get to a point where the worst of the worst criminals no longer fear the police, we're screwed. Cause I don't know if y'all noticed, but most of us are not cops. Most of us, like when I walk around the city, I don't, I don't see police uniforms. Every other person that I look at, like I look up right now, I see Carrie, Carrie, are you a cop? Is the, Clearly not with those two hand signals you just gave me. The light-skinned black fellow that's next to you, is he a police officer? There we go. That's So if... <laughs> I wish y'all could see the abuse that I take here. If they're not afraid of the police, then they're not going to be afraid of us. But if the cops would have shot, let's assume they're all 14 years old. And the cops would have just, just opened up on them. Because boxing in a police car, you would think would be an offense committed by someone where the police could use deadly force, but the police that like, we better not shoot them. Cause then a lot of black people, the people, the people whose car got stolen might be more upset that the police shot the people that stole their vehicle. It would protest the police. Now here's, here's the thing. I'm not encouraging people to not encouraging the police to shoot people. I don't want you to take it the wrong way. But whatever it is that we're doing, we're not, there's no deterrent. We can't, we're finding that our deterrent tactics to try and deter people from this, it's not working and it's backfiring to where they're no longer even intimidated by the police. LT says, there has always been a contingency of politicians in the city of Milwaukee who will blame everybody else for the criminal behavior except the criminal. If someone breaks into my house, can you sue the manufacturer for the window not being 10 feet high? People need to go to jail for a long time for some of the things that they do without somebody saying it wasn't your fault for doing it. If they didn't build the car, little Pookie would not have stolen it. I do everything I can to avoid police contact. I don't know if long prison sentences are it because we think well that takes them off the street for a longer period of time so this individual one person won't do more of what they have been doing but the problem still exists if you lock up a car thief for 30 years 
And in 30 years, you can steal a lot of cars. So the amount of cars they would have stolen in 30 years won't get stolen. Okay, good. But what about the problem and the culture of car theft? That persists even if you have a single car thief in jail. Is jail not unpleasant enough? Is that, and I don't want to get into the inhumane because, you know, you can't do solitary confinement. You can't do a whole bunch of things anymore because those things aren't nice and it makes people not well when you put them in, in the hole for a long time. But maybe we just shorten the prison sentence, but you just make it worse. Because I thought jail was bad. thought it was really, it's uncomfortable. You don't get uh, good food. They don't serve you steaks and mashed potatoes. They don't serve you delicious desserts. I, I happen to love apple crisp in jail as far as I know. As far as I know, maybe they're going to have it at the youth prison, but you don't get apple crisp in jail. Or if you do, it's not very buttery. Maybe it's not very good apple crisp. Maybe it should be more unpleasant because I've heard some people that have gone to the joint to say, ooh, we never want to go back there again. I didn't like it. Or maybe we just make it a real uncomfortable temperature. If you go to jail, it's always going to be 52 degrees. It's going to be, oh, boy, it's really cold in here. Burr. Let's turn the heat down or something. Maybe we should, because the longer somebody is incarcerated, the more it costs. And are we getting a return on our investment? Now, I know you have to do rehabilitation things. Sometimes people can't read, so you got to teach them how to read. Maybe you got to teach them a skill, show them a skill. But that's at the expense of people that didn't break the law that also could benefit from those resources of learning how to read and also acquiring a skill. So maybe shorter sentences, but then make make jail like really bad. Maybe you. Um, what else can you do? <sighs> Carrie, how, what can we do to make jail more unpleasant? Carrie, you can't do that. Never mind. I'm not going to ask you. Maybe you play really bad music really, really loud. Because that was one of the things they used to do to torture Iraqi soldiers. They would play like, Carrie, you can't do that. Aren't you Lorena Bobbitt all of a sudden? You can't do that to people. Only a woman would suggest something like that. I wish Lorena Bobbitt never gave y'all that idea. All right, I'm going to take a break. When I come back, maybe can we make jail more unpleasant without being unethical and without breaking laws of humanity? Because you can't torture people because apparently that's not nice. It's not nice at all. Can't waterboard people, apparently. Oh, I miss the good old days. How can we make incarceration more unpresent? Because that needs to be the deterrent. Maybe somebody goes to jail one time. They're like, ooh, wee, I don't like that place. It was terrible. I got waterboarded and it was very cold and the apple crisp did not have a lot of butter in it. What can we do to make it more unpleasant? So if somebody gets in trouble, they go to jail, they never want to go back. Not only do they never want to go back, they become like spokespeople for staying above the law. What can we do? 833-212-1017, 833-212-1017. What can we do to make incarceration even more unpleasant than it already is? The Truth with Sherwin Hughes will be right back. You are listening to The Truth with Sherwin Hughes on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. I have an idea because we're trying to make jail a little more unpleasant, especially if a young kid gets incarcerated. We want them to remember that experience and for it to have an impact on them to where they never want to go back again. What if we give them really uncomfortable blankets? I love a good blanket. I love me a soft comforter. 
and a real fluffy pillow. I like that. Makes me sleep real good. So what if we give them like burlap blankets? They're like, oh, this burlap blanket is very itchy. I cannot get a good night's rest. So we're not taking their bed away from them. Not doing, we're not making them sleep on the floor. Don't do that because then they might be even more cranky. But just give them just like little minor inconveniences to where it's so unpleasant that it it impacts them in such a way that they never want to go back. So maybe after like 90 days, they're like, yo, I'm ready to be good. I don't want this terrible apple crisp. I don't want these very uncomfortable burlap blankets. It's awful. What's another thing we can do? Just make it unpleasant, but not torture. So don't waterboard them. Don't make them have to stand in the corner and not be able to lay down. Like, don't do that kind of stuff because that would be mean. Grant says, The Kia boys must have been pretty confident when they realized they were going up against Roscoe P. A lot of folks won't get that one, Grant. Them Dukes, them Dukes. Uh, The Dukes of Hazzards is such a, y'all remember that show? They had a 1967 Dodge Charger with a big old Confederate flag painted on the hood. Those Duke boys was outlaw boys. You want to know why? Because they were moonshiners. You ever wonder why Boss Hogg and Roscoe P. Coltrane were always chasing the Duke boys? There's something about that show that shows the symbolism of how white Southerners hated law enforcement. Law enforcement has been the enemy of the white Southerner for a very long time. Why? Because the law freed their slaves. Because the law busted up their moonshine stills. So think about how they stereotyped cops. Cops were not the heroes in that very, very popular show. And I think that impacted the psyche of people. So we, we, we thought Boss Hog was a pig. A hog, right? A pig. It's a pig. What do we call cops? Pigs. That show was fantastic. And then, of course, Daisy Dukes, who made the short so popular. To this day, they are named after Daisy Dukes. I bet Zach has some Daisy Dukes. Bet he wears them when nobody's looking. Brittany says, I definitely feel like jail should be a rehabilitation place for people. Whatever they did, they have to then do the opposite in there, LOL. But jail should help people. I also got the app I'm listening at work. Well, thank you for downloading the app, Brittany. Don't ever delete it. Whatever you do, please keep it on your phone forever. What about the people that are irredeemable? Every now and again, y'all will suggest some stuff like, well, send them to military school. No, you have to listen to authority. You have to accept the discipline that is being given to you. Or, oh, I love this one, too. Send them to the military if they want to act that way. They would get kicked out of the military immediately because they wouldn't listen. They wouldn't follow directions. They wouldn't be up for PT at 5 o'clock in the morning. They wouldn't do any of that stuff. What do we do for the people who are irredeemable? Carrie said they would learn to. We'll talk about that in an hour or two. 
Oh, look, and Bob is on the line. The truth for sure when he was will be right back. <laughs> 